1: No Scott with us. He's he's left. He's up in Mackay. Gone north. Mm. But we've got a replacement, which I'm keen to introduce. Shay has joined us. Shay, welcome aboard. Thank you. For those of you who are keen watchers of the – or listeners or watchers of the podcast, Shay was the young lady who interviewed me and asked me my life story – many months ago now six 12 months ago yeah i'd once. say yeah. yeah so about april last yeah. year i'd say yeah. so shay has bravely agreed to come on and to represent um and speak on behalf of all females in australia <laughs> <laughs> you're going to channel all of their thoughts and you know and you all think the same and you're going to give the female the, the, the only female response that could possibly be to any question that comes <laughs> yeah.
0: the female perspective
1: that's it yes yeah. so good on you shay for for Giving it a go. Thank That's you very right. much. I appreciate it. And, of course, Paul, the 12th man.
0: Greetings, earthlings. Yes.
1: And uh, Joe, the tech guy, is with us as well. Evening all. Mm. Right. Uh, James, in the chat room. there's no video? It's not coming yeah, through? I forgot be. to
2: switch off the slide.
1: Oh, there we go. Yes, James, we <laughs> are there now. So, well, has anything happened in Parliament, House, in the Canberra in the last it's few days? It's been so
0: dead boring, not <laughs> it? <laughs>
1: Yeah, it's actually worked out well. Uh, Yesterday, we couldn't live stream because the Gap had a major storm come through, lots of water, lots of rain, thunderstorm, lightning, knocked out the power in not only this house but several others and also the NBN, so we had to delay by 24 hours, which has worked out well because had we been recording 24 hours ago, we couldn't have said the words Christian Porter, but now we can. (laughs) So there we go, Christian Porter, Christian Porter, Christian Porter, he's in the news. Our Attorney-General is the man, has been revealed as the man behind the allegations of historical rape occurring way back in 1988. Hmm. Shades that year ring a bell for you of any sort? Yeah,
3: it was the year I was born.
1: There we go. So,
0: um, Do you remember the incident? <laughs> 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 no, no, Oh, that's right. It wasn't public then, was it? Yeah. I,
1: not- I remember 1988, Expo 88 in Brisbane.
0: Oh,
1: yeah, okay. There we go. Yeah. So... um. Well, Shay, last week we were speaking about Brittany Higgins, who mm. was the uh, sort of intern. Do they call her, or was she was no, a, a the media advisor? Yeah, okay, yeah. yeah, yeah. And we had our thoughts at that time. And mm. what do you reckon? Did we nail it? No,
3: <laughs> no. So um, I've heard you kind of like make calls for women to come and join the podcast before. Mm. And I think um, last week was the first time I thought, you, you really are actually missing it, mm-hmm. yeah, for these types of subjects. Um, I think the thing that I most wanted to point out was um, I didn't know until two weeks ago that someone as vital and obviously talented as Brittany Higgins would be working for the Liberal Party right and um i think that's something that all of the media is missing like somebody who is honest and brave and wants to stand up and make a difference and um yeah i was that that was not and so when you started mentioning about toxic i'm like well people who thrive they ought to be the ones that thrive not the ones that get raped on couches Mm. because we see these bumbling buffoons at the top. You mm. wouldn't know someone like Brittany Higgins as, like, you know, helping them along. Right. That's that's where so, I'm headed so, with so
1: it. So you're surprised that, uh, the, that the Liberal Party had such a young lady there. Is that what you're saying? Rather what than the I'm Labor saying Party, is or-
3: I think that when we kind of, like, unpack mm. the term toxic culture,
4: mm.
3: why is it that we have... Uh, kind of like liars and sneaks at Mm. the top and we have these interesting Mm. like you mentioned last week on Mm. seven the 7am this Mm. woman who started changing the headlines campaign all in Mm. and she was a previous liberal staffer Mm. so if the culture is one where people thrive then like we're missing something because i don't experience the cabinet ministers as people who are Integrous and honest and brave. I I don't.
1: I guess my friend Cam Riley would say that psychopaths rise to the top and and, and tread on people. So just.
3: But I think it is specific to politics because um, in my line of work, I've seen mm, a lot of mm, really, really like great leadership. Right. Yeah. Right. And my line of work is flight attendants. So I've seen lots of.
1: So is the point you're making that there's some vibrant clever, smart, motivated young people in the Parliament House, how do we end up with these crusty old fellas in leadership? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Or, right. And that
3: mm. I think that um, I think that the appropriate term is that it's a toxic culture. Right. Right. Because otherwise yeah. we would have these fine people as Prime Minister, wouldn't we? Yeah.
1: Look, I I don't doubt the system rewards the wrong behaviour, for sure. Yeah. So it's a system where if you can uh, not only build yourself up but knock down your your sort of rivals at the same time, it, very, it has to be Machiavellian, doesn't it? If any environment is Machiavellian inside...
0: We saw what happened with Malcolm Turnbull and uh, ScoMo's rise yeah. to prime ministership. That yes. was kind of Machiavellian, yeah. wasn't
1: mm.
3: it? It's a whole... I guess... And how much cooler is Malcolm Turnbull now?
1: No, no, he's (laughs) he's still terrible. He's actually
3: standing up for something, though, right? And and you didn't have that experience when he was Prime Minister.
1: So what is it
3: about the culture of politics where what they're supposed to be doing isn't what they're doing?
1: Yeah. Here's what I... I read that book, Nikki Sava, about the plotting by Morrison when he took over from Turnbull. And the thing that impressed me was how clever these people were when it came to their politics and how ruthless and motivated and hardworking they were in terms of their factional dealings and their all, all that sort of stuff. I'd have to say they are quite motivated and smart about that stuff, but they're completely without any sort of intelligence when it comes to a lot of other things. But mm. in that sort of Machiavellian world, I think they are – are good operators, they have to be to get mm. to that position. But oh, isn't um,
2: that a trait of a psychopath, though?
1: Quite possibly, yes. But Malcolm Turnbull sounded great before he became PM. Was terrible when he mm. became PM. I don't think he's improved that much afterwards. Because, well, okay. So just getting back to the current situation with Christian Porter, and I mean, what do we do now? What do we do? And there are people who are calling for an inquiry. And Malcolm Turnbull's one of them.
0: Mm. Oh, is he really? Because yes. I heard the um, mm. Green Senator, Hanson Young, she's yeah. calling for an inquiry. Yeah, she I says think. it shouldn't be just left at that because the police apparently said they don't have enough evidence to mm. really go any further with it. So mm. case closed. So- I mean, it was a long time ago. You know, the mm. complainant was 16 at the time and mm. Christian Porter was 17. Mm. So they were both just juveniles, you know.
1: But but with the uh, with that lady now having committed suicide and it being so old, it is impossible to run an inquiry now and to find out the truth. It's impossible. Sure, mm. Surely impossible. So I just don't see the point of an inquiry now. What what is it going to achieve? What what can it do? It can't uh, determine unless, unless there with any other certainty. To come forward. It,
2: there wouldn't but, be. but
1: the police have already said, the New South Wales police, yep. case closed. Yep. There's not enough evidence. Sorry, yeah. I mean,
2: unless there are other mm. um, crimes that have been committed by him.
1: Well, in that case, but have an inquiry. Crimes. But on the basis of what we know so far about this, it there's no way anybody running an inquiry could come out with a finding that says... I find Christian Porter actually did commit this
0: That's right, because there has to be a presumption of innocence unless there is good evidence. Yeah, and it's –
1: so I just don't see what it would achieve other than –
0: Point scoring?
1: Other than mudslinging, and we will never know um, much more – well, we'll know the sordid details Mm -hmm. a bit more. It'll come out as to what evidence – she apparently gave – wrote a statement mm. about what happened, and so that would obviously come out. Well, she wrote but- a letter.
2: I don't mm. know. They're saying it's not a statement because it wasn't witnessed or?
1: Whatever. She gave a version of events yes. in writing to the police and or her lawyer. It's all a bit murky as to what evidence, but I just can't imagine a decision. Can you no. imagine well, a decision?
3: like uh, perhaps you can explain this to me. Mm. So... If, I, if someone was robbed in 1988 mm. the burden of proof is not on them to to work out the police would come mm. or can, could could we run an inquiry if someone was robbed is it because it's, of the nature of the crime that we there's no that's we it's, need the victim
1: it's a he said she said yeah and she's no longer with us mm. and there's she's no made and she said stuff that's in writing but cannot be cross-examined on it now. Yeah. yeah. So if there was a raid
2: kit done at the time, if there was physical evidence, yeah. if there was video recording of him going to her room, yeah. the, the problem is there's yeah. no corroborating evidence. It is purely right. a single statement from somebody who's dead who can't be interrogated. Correct.
0: Yeah. And the other factor, the, yeah. sorry, Is is that people now assume she committed suicide because of that. We just don't know that. Don't know. She may have had issues. And that could
1: well come out in the inquiry. But Mm. do we need to know that, really? That's a matter for the family, really. We we don't need to know. But some people have said, well, what should happen is an inquiry like what happened with Justice Dyson Hayden. So Mm. he was the high court judge who was accused of improper behaviour with associates and stuff in the high court. Mm. The difference with that was it was only sort of seven... Eight nine years ago, it involved about half a dozen complainants, all of whom are still alive and able to give evidence. And it was the High Court doing a, an inquiry about its management of its workplace it was part of the whole thing. But number of the complainants, all still alive, and not thirty three years ago, but half a dozen like that. Okay, have an inquiry that makes sense. You mm-hmm. could achieve something with that. So. Um,
3: but something does um, have to be done, doesn't it because no, it's no. so
1: like it's so awful it, and but why can't we just say it's awful and it's one of those events where we can't resolve it because how often does it happen where you have a historical thirty year event and one of the complainants has alleged a whole bunch of things and then passes away it's mm. it's not something that happens every day and it's not going to happen every day. And in future, women can come forward and make a complaint about how they were raped 10, 20, 30 years ago by a famous person and we can have a trial because they're still there, but without mm. the person and and without any, as you say, Joe, without any other corroborating evidence, no video security footage of people entering rooms or all that sort of stuff, it's just impossible to imagine a conviction. And even the lawyer for her said that, actually. I'll try mm. and find a... So her lawyer is a guy from Marquee Lawyers, and he said, as a legal fact, it is theoretically possible for a criminal rape prosecution to proceed despite the alleged victim having died. As a reality, that won't happen. The evidentiary burden on the prosecution and the legal protections afforded the alleged perpetrator cannot be bridged. So that was what her own lawyer said. Mind you, he went on to say, I think there should be an inquiry, but I don't... (laughs) <laughs> he also said an inquiry like what happened with Justice Dyson Hayden, but for reasons I've already said, I don't think there should be an inquiry, and I don't think it's the same case. And I think it's just one of those ones where you have to say, you know what, this is just a mess. Mm. And uh, the, the
2: n- thing, the, the risk was- is if we shift the burden of proof, then it becomes very easy to slur any politician mm. um, falsely. Mm. And and so we have to be careful because people are saying, oh, he needs to stand aside. Well, I think maybe he needs to stand aside for other things that we can mm. actually prove. Mm. So if his former staffers who've said he behaves badly, mm. uh, then maybe he should be stood aside for that. Something that we can actually prove he's done rather than something which we couldn't prove in a court of law.
1: Correct. If you can have an inquiry and investigation that can come up with something, mm-hmm. then by Absolutely. all means stand people aside even until they're proven guilty. So, I mean, if somebody's charged with kitty fiddling and they're a swimming teacher at the local pool, you say, stop, you don't get to do that job now until we've sorted this out. Sorry, even though innocent until proven guilty. There are certain jobs and certain roles where we say you have to stop. Mind you, if you are a... An accountant working from home telecommuting and you've been accused of something similar your boss can't say to you well you need to stop working because you say well it's totally irrelevant to my current job and i think some there was a case we talked about a couple of years ago where that happened with suncorp I had somebody who was doing a job totally unrelated to the offense that was they're alleged of uh, alleged of doing so it all depends on the circumstances to some mm-hmm. extent so um
3: I don't, mm. th- like, I don't necessarily think that um, something has to happen to Christian Porter, but mm. I think that something has to be done at Parliament House. Right. I was listening to the briefing this morning, and, um, which is Tom Tilley's, who's from Triple J. That's his podcast. Anyway, mm. he had a young woman, a 23-year-old woman, who started a Instagram poll because she wants students, 16-, 17-year-old students trained in, she wants consent training. And um, to put her petition forward, she got 4,000 stories of sexual assault. Right? That's a lot.
4: Occurring
1: where?
3: Uh, In private schools. Right. So she put it public on her Instagram feed Mm. and that's what she wants. So while these are allegations and there's a rule of law and there's all these Mm. other things, she's simply collecting data so that Students can get consent training, mm. right, so that's the kind of thing we want to be looking at for Parliament House. We want to be looking at what can mm. we do to restore some confidence in Australian Parliament?
1: yeah, by all I- means but but not an, but not an inquiry into what actually happened between Christian Porter and that woman because we'll never know, but yes. by all means an inquiry that says,
3: well, we don't even have to do an inquiry or, or do we." A- can't we just put some things in place mm-hmm. to protect
4: like
1: what?
3: workers? Mm. 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 Well, it seems like um, staff members mm. at Parliament House don't have a lot of typical workers' rights. Mm. So yes. that's a shame, right? So we could just like, I, and I realise that there mm. are particulars around, you know, your contract terms and that type of thing. Mm. They could have like some sort of things put in place. There's enough EBAs going around that... Protect workers. So
1: what you're getting out there, Paul, is that um, staffers are basically employed at the whim of their ministerial bosses and unlike in a normal workplace where you have could only be sacked if you are, you know, incompetent or do mm-hmm. something wrong, these people are, are just there mm-hmm. on a whim. So that is unique.
0: It is. And that, that
1: does add to the...
0: But I can sort yeah. of understand mm-hmm. the nature of the work would make it so, wouldn't it? Because if you were a minister and you suddenly learnt something about one of your staffers that totally undermined your trust, you wouldn't want them in the office anymore. And that's, I think, yeah, quite yeah, but, understandable.
1: But in a normal work environment, you have to take them to... You have to say, I'm sacking you because of this thing I found out about you. Yeah. And if the employee says, hang on a minute, yeah. that that's not fair, they've got some recourse. Where in Parliament they just say, on your bike. So yeah. you, you could... That's, well, that's what true. if we put that's, all oh, the
3: parliamentarians oh, through consent so, <laughs> training, <laughs> but why not?
1: So, so, you know, that's one is stopping them being employed at whim and making yep. them um, permanent employees with that's all the right. rights of, and then they would have the ability because that story on that 7am was that lady felt she was powerless and uh, that you know, if she if she squeaked at all about her treatment, then yeah, uh, sure, she was she sent back to the Gold Coast, yeah, mm. so um. In the chat room, it's going off there. I'll try and keep my eye on it. Um, uh, mm. John Simmons, yes, it's a mess, but I disagree with you, Trevor. We should not just drop it. Victims are watching. Well, mm. well, John, what's your answer to this? Mm. You can't get an answer, and you'll get a, you'll get a. If it's just about Christian Porter's um, guilt, then what you'll get is an inconclusive result, and then you'll drop it. So. What will you have achieved? Mm. Yeah. So...
3: Um, I mean, Scott Morrison undermines inquiries as far as I can tell. Yeah. I don't see how, the value... How about in... a
2: federal yeah. ICAC that's able yeah! to right. investigate <laughs> the behaviour of politicians, particularly towards <laughs> a well,
0: Yes. There you go. Good point. Thank
3: you, Joe. Yes. That's the obvious thing. Yeah. Can I
0: play devil's advocate a little bit, yes. Shay? Um Please. If you say parliamentarians need consent training, isn't that infantile... Sort of an infant infantilizing then, you know, treating. Uh, well, them it's, it's it's tongue in cheek, really,
3: because I was just referring, really, to this morning. So, I don't actually. I'm not actually making that as a <sighs> okay. as a constructive suggestion, mm. but i i would be I would be outraged if really nothing were done between the Britney Higgins and all this mess. Mm. Yeah.
2: And there have also been allegations that the AFP are beholden to the Liberal Party. Hmm. Why would really?
1: They In what would be the what would be the influence that they have over the AFP that would make the AFP?
2: Um, just because the Liberals are seen as providing the laws that the AFP want.
1: Ah, and I see. So if you're a power. Grabbing AFP bureaucrat, you'll get more power from the liberals than yes. from the right. I don't know if that's true. I mean, yeah, for God's sake, just... Labor, Labor just signs up to all this stuff well, all the time. That's the, one of the, the problems with Labor.
0: And the Labor Party. It's, to it's give them whatever the, they want. Yeah,
1: I don't, I don't know so much. Show me the last time Labor disagreed when it came to giving powers to Dutton's henchmen. Like, I can't recall. Well,
2: when they go kicking down the doors of. Um, ABC journalists.
1: Did Labor object to the power? Did Labor say, no more powers? Or did they say, I want this bill amended, we're not going to give you as much power? I don't think they've ever... Probably not. I think, because Labor's scared when it comes to these issues to be seen as soft on anti-domestic terrorism measures and soft... Like, they don't want to be seen soft on on law and order. I don't know. I don't think... the
2: leaks in Parliament House? Because that was what it was about. Uh... Is it, the Michaela Cash, the whole tipping off the journalists to see them marching into Labor offices and seizing documents.
1: Um, so you're saying the Australian Federal Police did it because just a special relationship with the Liberal Party?
2: No, or, or a that, special that, feelings? That there were definitely calls of coziness between the LNP hmm. and the AFP.
1: I haven't seen. Much that would make me think that way. You yeah, could be right, but I just haven't seen. It doesn't strike me as the case. But I, could, but I, I, I don't think, want to sound naive either. So well, I think that but, somebody who
2: isn't I'm just directly like employed by the government needs yeah. to have the ability to investigate
0: what goes on in Parliament. Mm. Joe, mm. can I just say that it's it's not legal to refuse to open your door when they mm. arrive at three a.m. Mm. Really. Yeah, if they say open the door, you must open the door. Mm. Okay, Mm. just a heads up. Look, I'm going to argue with
1: I'm going to argue with John in the chat room again. John, he says that is predetermining any results. Trevor, I think Morrison has it in reverse, looking for a way out. Well, predetermining the results. Her own lawyer says you're not going to get that, John. Like common sense tells you, without any, without some other extraordinary evidence, uh, you could not come to a conclusion, I don't
0: think. But anyway. Um, and for goodness sake, it happened when he was 17. Yeah, well. Long before he had a political career. Yeah, but that doesn't matter. Yeah, sure it matters. I mean, he was juvenile. He wasn't legally an adult. And yeah, but he's... Usually we sort of forgive people their juvenile misdemeanours a little bit, don't we? It's uh,
1: not a misdemeanour. Well, you, you, you can be rehabilitated, but that doesn't mean you get... And, and you can... Re-enter society, but he's the Attorney General, yes. the the premier lawmaking person. So that's where you but have a higher standard. He
0: was not an adult, okay, mm-hmm. and and when you mm-hmm. say it was not a misdemeanor, Shay, you mm-hmm. just don't mm-hmm. know that. Mm-hmm. She said it was a rape. We mm-hmm. all we have is her word. We, mm-hmm. Yeah, but if
1: he's guilty, it's more than a misdemeanor, is what Shay's saying. Yes, yeah. if, mm-hmm. but if, it's, if. A, it's a
0: very big if. Oh, yeah, yeah, you know. Yeah,
1: but the point of him being. Seventeen. I don't think matters when we're talking about the attorney general. So, I think it matters um,
0: for everybody. I mean, surely we should mm. be willing to cut people a little bit of slack Mm. when they're, you know, still teenagers. Mm. I know it's a a terrible thing. I'm not. I'm not trying to, you know, say that it wasn't a terrible thing if indeed it did happen. Mm. However, he was seventeen. She was sixteen. You know, (laughs) teenagers do all kinds of (laughs) things that. No, Probably later Paul. they might think back and, and sort of think. No, about no, Paul. This I don't goes think this that. is this, this is not a misunderstanding. This, a little. This, well, no. this is a violent rape. We've already is, no, violent rape. Yes. Mm. Oh well, I haven't seen any details. Yes, but still. That's, it's
1: a violent rape that is alleged. Okay. And it's not something. I'm that's, not excusing the, it's the not crime. A, it's not a young man will be. Boys will be boys. Not, not, not
2: boys thing. peeing in public
0: just because they're yeah, drunk.
1: Yeah, this, it's way beyond that.
0: Look, and it's a, a violent crime and, and a despicable one, I agree. Yeah. However, mm. people and, under the age of 18, and, and, I think, and, deserve a little bit more slack than people who and, are legal adults.
1: And people who commit those crimes and are convicted and serve their time and should be able to then perform a role in the community, of sure. course. Having done their time and paid the price but we can still say at that point you know what you've really ruled yourself out for a few select positions in our society one of which would be if you're a kiddie fiddler and you do your time you just can't work with kids anymore like that's an example where we say you've done your dash on that there are other things you can do in society yeah, the and, pedophilia
0: and, is is a special category. But, but it gives you an crime. example
1: of how we can say to people, "You, there's a role for you in our society, but you ruled yourself out of certain roles."
0: Okay. Yeah, so okay. if you had, if you mm-hmm. if you were driving reckos- recklessly, you had mm-hmm. your license at mm-hmm. seventeen. You mm-hmm. can get your license at seventeen in some mm-hmm. states, mm-hmm. and you killed somebody with a car. Yep. Would you say that for the rest of that person's life, mm-hmm. they may not have a job? being paid to drive a vehicle look look no
1: i tell you what i wouldn't rule him out of being attorney general in that situation i wouldn't rule him out but i would for what's been alleged in this case if he if he drove a car drunk and killed somebody mm. I, I don't know that i'd rule him out if he was properly remorseful paid his price and 30 years later he's attorney general I, I might be okay with that but but not for this rape like no way no no this is too much I think I disagree. But, yeah, there we respect. go. So, all right. If that doesn't roll the chat room up, are there only uh, how many? How many in the chat room? I can't tell. Uh, Scott's zero, in the chat. Apparently. Scott's in the chat room. Yeah. Yeah. Scott's in the chat room. He's glad to see that Shay is drinking beer like he used. to <laughs> <laughs> I've got high hopes for Shay I because see
2: 13, 14, one on Twitch.
1: As we were messaging in preparation for this podcast, Shay sent a message saying, "Who brings the beer?" <laughs> <laughs> so, so, so saw that. So that was a, that was a good, good question. Yeah.
0: So anyway... And before um, you piped up, you would mm. supply the beer. I was thinking, oh, it's usually the visitor
3: that, <laughs> that, that brings the case of beer. <laughs> and, I, and I probably would have.
1: Actually, in the chat room, John Simmons has been very generous with beer. A lot of the recent beers come from John. Thank you, John. So, um, look... The other thing of all this is how much did Scott Morrison know about the Brittany Higgins affair and about this affair and all the rest of it. And, and he's so slippery that we'll never know what he knew, but it's hard to imagine. He didn't know all about it and um, getting to the bottom of that. Uh, that would keep somebody busy for a long time. So has, has he had training
2: in the Catholic seminary?
1: Maybe when it comes to keeping that sort of stuff quiet. Yes, yes, wouldn't surprise. So, so anyway, um, unless there's anything else, we could move well, probably on. To
0: Ben says, I don't care how old he was. Twelve. Are you aware of the details of the allegations? They're shocking. Yes, they're shocking. Mm. If you say you don't care how old he was, what if he was six? Is that not an issue? You know, he did something violent when he was six. Of course age is an issue. Mm. Age is a factor, absolutely.
1: Mm. Mm. Yeah, I just think but it's anyway. certainly... Anyway, and all right. Um, Scott is in there in the chat room. He is. Uh, John, if you look at the screen, you get the whole... Um, well, actually, it's only if I scroll down you see it, don't you? So Scott will have to just... There he goes. He's still making comments. <laughs> Good on you, Scott. All right. Um, Hi, hey, Scott. So we might move on from... Whole Parliament House thing because it's just been so dominant, and I've had enough of it. Mm. And,
3: and it's a bit
0: sordid too, isn't it? So it's let's yeah. talk about um,
3: COVID. Mm. <laughs> okay, yeah, just indeed, <laughs> kittens and yeah.
0: you know, yeah. puppy dogs' tails and things. Mm.
1: So we're going to move on to some polls. Um, actually, Brommel says he was eighteen. There we go, we'll see. Well, somebody okay. confirm. Somebody please confirm what his age was at the time of the offence. Mm. Now. Um, also, Paul, it came out today, GDP figures for Australia for 2020, 12 months, down 1.1%. So what? Uh, one of your arguments has been, now, GDP is a very blunt measure of the economy. Very blunt. It's not a perfect measure by any means. Mm-hmm. But one of your complaints about the lockdowns has been <coughs> the extraordinary damages damage to people's business. And indeed... There are lots of people with lots of damage.
0: Particularly small businesses.
1: But if you just take that figure of down by 1.1%, uh, it doesn't help your argument.
0: I, I don't accept your, your premise that because it's only a one, 1.1% mm. drop, mm. that we, you know, oh, it's only a few, few hundred small businesses that went to the wall. Who cares, you mm. know? I mean, that's a really callous attitude.
1: Well, you have to compare it to what the alternative would be.
0: What was the alternative? We don't know.
1: Exactly. And this is the point. People have done their calculation of where they've ended up based on um, where they've ended up compared to where they think they would have ended up. And this is a good argument that most people have come to the conclusion, you know what, I've fared all right out of this.
0: Yeah, those who did and, would, would naturally come and, to that conclusion. And, and
1: that figure tells you that a lot of people did and not many didn't. That's what that figure tells you. No, it doesn't. It's down 1.1%. That's, no, that's, no, that's what the figure tells you.
0: The people who were employed by the public service, who mm. had secured jobs, mm. uh, people who were in those kinds of businesses that weren't affected, those who could work from home, Of course, they would naturally come to a a kind of positive conclusion about the whole thing, and all those people who were adversely affected, they're just going to be crying into their beer, you know, and nobody will listen to them because they're like, oh, come on, you're just a you're just a whinger, you know, only a 1.1% drop. What's your problem, you know? But all those people who were directly affected, they're going to have to live with the damage. But you, uh, well, we've been over
1: this a thousand we have, times, and I don't particularly care to go b- b- over because it Because you're the, the thing you have to maintain is that if the lockdowns didn't happen, we would have had a better result than negative one point one. Surely,
0: well, <laughs> for those people, well, given, who, who given who where lost the their businesses, given, given where the given result. the
1: economy was already running pretty flat. No, I don't. Prior to, the premise at all. Well, the economy was running pretty flat. We were basically. Close to recession in terms of GDP growth before the pandemic arrived. So it'd uh, be pretty brave man to be able to say with certainty that uh, even without a pandemic, if the if if forever, if you could imagine COVID nineteen never took place, it's entirely within reason. Twelve months ago, that we would have ended up with a a negative one. Point one, like we have. It's yes, not, but we wouldn't end not,
0: up with those thousands of people who were very, very seriously affected.
1: Yes, we, we could have oh. ended up with tens of thousands more. We oh. don't know. But here's the point. People have made that calculation.
0: So what? Well, so, people make... Yeah, I mean, yeah. calculations are useful, but they if, don't reveal... If, if, all the names and faces of the people if, who were damaged by the
1: lockdown. If the GDP figure had come out, if the GDP figure had come out, Shay also, if the GDP figure had come out and it had been negative 10% recession, would you have said, there you go, Trevor, and that proves it?
0: No, it's not about GDP figures, Trevor. It's about what happened to real people and their lives. Mm. The numbers no. don't tell us that.
1: Well, it's a blunt instrument, but that is what the number tells us. Mm. That that is what the numbers about. It's don't what happened that. in our economy overall. Don't accept that.
0: I, and, I know sorry. people who actually profited. But but you see your own personal the because you're- they you know they had shares in companies that, mm. as we know, did very well out of the pandemic, Jerry and Harvey. so their stocks rose. Mm. But, whereas others, mm. but but lost a- their jobs, lost their careers.
1: Mm. But your own personal experience of people you know isn't a good basis of of understanding what's happening in the world. I agree. That's where we have GDP figures and we have polling, which I'll move on to now.
0: And again, polling, you you love to present polling to you, Trevor. You say, look, 60% of Victorians support the government. And I'm like, well, (laughs) 60%, you know, they may be all idiots. I don't know. I mean, they're probably not all idiots. But (laughs) people, people, you know, opinion polls can be useful but they're not a guide to intelligence if i can put it that way
1: (laughs) because people don't know that they've been
0: people sometimes don't realize they've Mm. been shafted by their own government that's Mm. exactly right
1: Mm. Mm. like the 85 percent of western australians (laughs) down three from 88. (laughs) somebody was saying is it possible that there may not be a single member of the opposition in the Western Australian Parliament after the next election. What do you like, mean? Like, they may not win a single seat, the really? opposition. Like, it could mm. be. We've had Queensland Parliaments where it was down to six mm. in the opposition. Mm-hmm. And yeah. these are well, extraordinary um, numbers.
2: With, with what's his name? Um... Candy Campbell. Right. Was it wasn't the opposition downtime?
1: <laughs> was it down to six then?
2: It was or, or
0: digits digits yeah, or something it was, like it it was yeah. very low. Yeah. yeah, he he had a significant majority, I yeah. think.
1: Too. Yeah. So who knows what'll happen in that Western Australian election. So just looking at uh, federal government response to COVID nineteen, previously in the high sixties, now in the now sixty two percent. So approval for the Morrison government's response to COVID nineteen has dropped. Um, in the States we've got
3: I- Probably just yeah. want to – because yes. I did have the privilege of spending the last five years in Western Australia. Yes. And so I have a number of friends on my Facebook feed and um, and mostly flight attendants who've been adversely affected. Mm-hmm. And from what I can see, uh, you're either um, mostly love Mark, really love Mark, and mm. for them – for Western Australians, certainly, my experience was, you really are removed from the east coast. It really didn't matter whether the borders were shut or open. They like it that way. Right. <laughs> <In> <laughs> that way. <laughs> they they like they're like over east. Like they have yeah. these remarks about and, and this is east coasters. Exactly Cultural right. So, separation, so it's yeah. It? So it's um, that, that would It's good. fitting mm. that that border closures, where Western Australia is concerned. Mm. Hasn't upset them, yes. there you go. but those that are upset are very upset.
2: Right? Yes. Do you know why?
3: Yeah. Um, I think
2: they were very glad to keep. Um, I think. His name out? I Palmer. think. Um, mm.
3: Just like the heartbreak for mm. some flight attendants. For some flight attendants, like I was saying before, mm-hmm. like it's their it's their life. Like mm. they just love it so much, you know, and have missed it so much. And um, for us, there's a real camaraderie yeah. in our workplace. So yeah. taking that away from us was um was tough so i
0: can relate to mm, that show i mm, loved my job yes the job that i lost as a result of lockdown i'd been working there about 11 or 12 years Mm. it was out of all the jobs i've had in my life and i've had a lot it was my favorite it was Mm. the best job i ever had
3: Mm.
0: and it's gone
3: yes and it's
0: not coming back
3: that's right and it's yeah yeah but it's not
0: just about me. You know, I just no. think the lockdown adversely affected a lot of people for very little gain, to be honest.
1: In the chat well, I read. liked
0: it.
3: I liked I liked it because um before so it was kind of like um it seemed to me last year at first that um you know, it's going to be all right. It's a bit like SARS, like, you know, it's not going to be a big deal. And, you know, um, you know, we've had this sort of thing before. And then, you know, we'd do, I'd do a Singapore and everybody else would be in mass and, you know, our crew wouldn't be. And, oh, okay, all right. So then it was just like, oh, well, international be affected and that'll be all right too and da-da-da-da-da. And then, like, when it all got locked down, frankly, I was actually a bit relieved that our government were, was willing to take some responsibility for the safety of these people because I wouldn't have liked to have been moving them around and spreading this virus. And that's that's the crux of it, right? <laughs> is that we were all instructed to stay home to stop the spread, to do these sorts of things to look out for each other. and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm in agreement mm. that it kept us safe and that's the priority.
0: I disagree res- with respect.
3: Mm. That's okay. I thought you might <laughs> <laughs> Well,
0: this idea of keeping us safe—it's a bit of an illusion, to be honest. But, but, but life is not about being safe all but, the time. But Paul, and I've discussed this before. If you Paul, want to save a thousand lives every year, reduce the speed limit to fifty kilometres per hour on every road, every public road, and I guarantee we will have a thousand more people alive every year. But
1: Paul, we reach a, a, a roadblock with you because you refuse to accept that the Virus being transmitted by human contact means that reducing human contact reduces the spread of the virus. And because we can't get past that, you refuse to acknowledge that the lockdowns have any effect in that respect. So, There's, a, there's, our, there's our roadblock. Okay. So that's that's your past position, and so we can't okay. we can't go on from that because. And I don't hear that argument anywhere, even amongst the most the strongest anti-lockdown people I read on Spectator okay. uh, talk about Have you uh, talk at about all your other arguments. Have you but, looked at
0: the statistics but, for but, but, places but, but, that didn't lock down? But, 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 I, but I don't. They're a little different to the places that did. But, okay,
1: but I never see anybody arguing that point, other than my
0: point was not that no. it's impossible to stop a virus spreading by locking people I didn't, down. That was I, not my argument. I didn't say it was. Okay. My argument was that mm. once the virus is in the community, mm. it's pretty much too late no, no, to no. keep it out.
1: No, no, no. You you have argued, even in our current situation, where the virus is, is out...
0: in the community, yeah. Y- y-
1: you've argued for, um, right now, we should allow overseas travellers into the country. No problem. Just let them in. And i a little
0: bit. I, I know I did argue so, that. I'm a little so, bit ambivalent about overseas travellers, so, to so, be honest. But 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 inside Australia, absolutely, there should be no lockdowns.
1: But you're ambivalent. But you're, very ambivalent because but, the virus but, is but, already but, here. Well, well it's, it's ex- too late to keep it out. But it's extremely controlled right at this moment.
0: You think? I'm I'm sceptical. Yeah, I've seen. But, but okay. But,
1: but here's our problem: you won't accept that that. Reducing human contact reduces the spread of the virus. You,
0: you categorically has, deny that. I so didn't we can't, categorically deny that, Trevor. I'm sorry. I did not categorically I, deny that. You know, I
1: I really tried hard to get you to say it. To say you, what? That that by um by reducing human contact, we reduce the spread of the virus, and you wouldn't accept it. You said things like. We don't know everything about virus at the moment. We just don't know, that's, is what well, you said. That,
0: well, I think that's and, a true statement. Yeah, but
1: so you wouldn't accept it. That no,
0: was- my, my argument was based on statistics I've seen. Now, the mm-hmm. y- you mm-hmm. should be aware, mm-hmm. but maybe you're not, mm-hmm. that the governor of South Dakota oh, yeah. did not lock down, okay, refused mm-hmm. any, di- any mm-hmm. advice to lock down the but, state. There was but, no lockdown. But, and if you look at the statistics of mm. the rise of yeah. infections and mm. the fall, it's almost the same as North Dakota and the other states around but,
1: it. but Paul, when all of this comes, what I get back to this with this sort of argument is let's talk about somewhere where we know really well what happened. And when I say to you, explain to me how Victoria got its cases back to zero from where it was if it wasn't the lockdown and... You told me I don't know. No, I don't. You refuse to say that the lockdown in Victoria is what was responsible for bringing those cases down. And so, you refuse
0: to acknowledge so, that when you compare states that locked down and didn't lock down in the yeah. United States, there's precious little difference. No, no, no,
1: I can't. So what I've said when it so comes, what's
0: the, why, why is why is yeah. the case of the United States not relevant to the case here?
1: Because here's what happens. I sat down with Waz for three and a half hours where we discussed Taiwan, South Korea, and some other country. Mm. And for that, I had to prep for like four days to fully understand everything that went on in those countries (laughs) and to understand what the lockdowns were, the severity of them, and the timing of them before I could talk competently about that. So I've seen plenty of other studies that have looked at American states mm-hmm. and their lockdowns, which have basically confirmed that but lockdowns work. It? No. no, it doesn't. because are you just interrupt me, Paul? Are I'm you, sorry, but
0: the stats no, from the United States no, do not no, show that. No,
1: it depends what graph you want to pluck out of the air.
0: I'm not plucking so, any graphs so, out of the air. So they're all I, from... No, no, Paul,
1: you are can say all of them. I can find plenty of studies that show that they're that the lockdowns clearly have an effect on the spread of the infection and that the, that the states that do a lockdown and effectively do one have a better performing economy. So I can come up with all that. But with 50 states and the variations in the lockdowns and the effort required to, to run those all down to the ground to be able to argue competently, I'm, I'm not going to do it when I can't even get you to agree on Victoria's lockdown, which is so obvious, so it's why not so obvious? What, I what, disagree. That's so, so obvious. Sim- but a, if we can't get an agreement on a simple Victorian lockdown, I'm not going to go into a 50-state comparison of the U.S. <laughs> it's too much work.
0: You don't have to go to 50. So, Just compare be, be, neighbouring states. I will
1: because and they're well, almost be, the same. No, I disagree. I can i I've looked at plenty of stuff that says the opposite. So it's it's like you talked about Taiwan mm-hmm. and you said, Marvel, why don't we just do what Taiwan did? All right? Well, Taiwan had quarantining. Taiwan closed its borders. I know so, that. Yeah. so on the one hand you're saying you previously said we should open the borders and let people fly in. And then on the other hand you're saying we should do what Taiwan did. And I had to go and study for an hour and say, "Well, what actually happened in Taiwan?" Oh, shit, hang on. They actually stopped flights and people coming from in from well. China, yes, so, and so, probably and, from, and other, from places, other countries. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So all this takes time because they've been burned before. So, so, you know, given time, I, I could, but I can't be bothered nailing the Dakota situation when I've all seen right. enough. I've seen enough other reports that say completely the opposite. Yeah, and. So, yeah. Okay, what what about Florida? Here's what you could do. Florida stopped lockdown. (laughs) I'll tell you
0: what, Paul. And everybody said, oh, the statistics are going to go through the roof. (laughs) What happened? They kept declining along the other Paul, here's my challenge
1: to you. Here's my challenge to you. You pick the very best example in the US Mm -hmm. of the argument you want to make. Okay. Pick one state, the best one. Don't give me second best or whatever. Don't give me a bunch of them. Just the best. And give me a report or show me something. And I'll deal with one state. So you say to me, Trevor, Dakota and this report proves that lockdowns don't work.
0: Nothing proves. Now, we know that we cannot put any human society into a laboratory and do a double blind test. That is not possible. Give me your best.
1: Give me your best Dakota example and I'll look at it. And then I'll, I'll I'll say, here's... I'll either agree with you, or I'll say, you know what? Looking at this, here's my issues with with Dakota. If that's what it has to be, mm-hmm. rather than jumping around Dakota, Florida, Hawaii, or whatever. So, okay. present one to me. But give me your best. Give me your best argument. Right, I'll so, see what I can do. Righto. There we go. All right. Um, state government responses uh, approval ratings in Victoria have plummeted. So it was in the low 60s, 59, and now it's down to 49%. So Victorians have, are not happy. Latest polls. Everybody else is all pretty steady, it seems, according to the, this poll. Here's an interesting one. Uptake of the COVID-19 vaccine. So the question was, um, once a vaccine becomes available to you, how long would you wait before taking it? Uh, the answer, I'd get vaccinated as soon as possible, uh, 50%. I'd get vaccinated but wouldn't do it straight away, 40%. And I'd never get vaccinated, 10%. 10%, it should seem high, but given what we know about the anti-vax movement now, it's it's getting high. Um, so 50%, I'll get it as soon as possible, 40%, I'll wait a while, 10%, I'll never do it. That's the, um, that's the current Australian response. Breaking that down into gender. So I'd get vaccinated as soon as possible, which was 50%. 58% of males say that and only 42% of females say that.
0: I would have thought it'd be the other way around, wouldn't you? Yeah. I, I always assumed women were more... Safety conscious, more conservative in The,
3: the
2: anti-vaxxer seems to be a mummy phenomena.
3: Yes. It does seem to be something circulating about fertility.
1: On behalf of the female gender, would you like to explain yourselves?
3: <laughs> <laughs> I am not sure what's right. going on. Yeah. Um,
1: so, yeah. And also, in terms of... Um, um, let's look at I'd never get vaccinated. 7% male, 12% female. Um, also, it's when it comes to age groups, let's go with, um, I'll, I'll get it as soon as possible. 18 to 34-year-olds were 41%. 35 to 54-year-olds were 44%. 55-plus was 63%. That makes sense. As people get older, they're more willing to get vaccinated ASAP. But here's something a bit counterintuitive, I thought, that... Um, when it comes to federal voting intention, 50% of Labor voters would say, I'll get it as soon as possible. 56% of Coalition and 58% of Greens. I just... Um, coalition voters more likely to get vaccinated?
0: Why would they be, do you think? I don't know. It doesn't really an interesting one isn't C- it? They maybe trust they're the older.
1: Maybe maybe because they happen to be older, <laughs> oh, maybe
0: because they're older. Yeah, maybe that's it. What about, about the Greens, 58%? So, mm, yeah. That's interesting too, it isn't is. it? Yeah. Do you suppose it's because the average green voter thinks that covid was caused by global climate change? I don't know. So let's look at the
1: I'll never get vaccinated um, breakdown. 10% of Labour, only 6% coalition, and 8% Greens saying I'll never get vaccinated. It's just not what I would have thought. Labor voters
0: are obviously nongs. (laughs) So, there we go.
1: So anyway, that's essential poll on vaccinations. Um, Gender equality in Australia. To what extent do you agree or disagree with the following statements about gender equality in Australia? Gender equality, meaning that men and women are equal, has come far enough already. 45%. Gender equality has already been mostly achieved, 50%. Work to achieve gender equality today benefits mostly well-to-do people, 60%. There should be laws that require equal salaries for men and women in the same position, 83%. Although there have been significant progress on gender equality, there is still a long way to go, 76%. Anybody have any Problems with these
2: are not cumulative numbers. No, just
1: ask those different. Do you agree or disagree with mm. um, um, these statements?
0: You'd you think mm. they would be exclusive, though.
1: Yeah, I don't know. It's the way they've done it. But um,
0: some people don't like to say no. Mm. You know, ask mm. it any yeah. question. Yeah. Yeah, 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 I agree.
1: Maybe. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Okay, that's essential poll. Now, uh, we need to review Facebook, so obviously we're back because there's people on Facebook saying hello. And um, the way I like to think of it is that uh, face, um, Facebook agreed to pay the extortion demand, uh, Facebook tried to negotiate by taking hostages, but Facebook's strategy was doomed to fail as it relied on the Morrison government caring about the hostages. That's my short answer to what happened. So, <laughs> <laughs> Have, have,
2: have the, you seen the Juice Media Honest government advert? No, I
1: haven't, no. It's worth watching. It's, okay. As um, always. Yes. So here's... What happened, dear listener, with this whole thing? How? What was the deal that was struck? And in the... Uh, so Google paid some money to the government and Facebook was holding out. And the Treasurer spoke to Zuckerberg and cut a deal. And basically the deal is this, that the amendments are that the code does not apply, um, it's up to Facebook to reach agreement with major players, major mainstream media. And if the treasurer feels that Facebook hasn't cut enough deals of enough um, value, then the treasurer has to give one month's notice and then the code will apply. So basically, Facebook managed to... Um, muddy the waters a lot because they'll just go around and cut a few deals with a few media groups and uh, Frydenberg is unlikely to stick his head up and say that you haven't paid them enough. I want another fight. Um, so they'll just cut a few deals with them and in the end of the day, if Frydenberg did decide that he felt he, there weren't enough deals, he has to give a month's notice In which case, Facebook can say, "Oh, okay, we'll throw another hundred thousand at this, another hundred thousand at this mob, and push them off for a while." So, um, so that's the deal that they made, and I still think it's crazy because I don't think Facebook or Google are getting anything.
0: Crazy in what sense?
1: Um, I don't think they were. I don't see why they had to pay. Why Google had to pay to index a website? And I don't. And Facebook has said to these news groups, "You can have a Facebook page if you like. It's free." And they said, "Great, post some stuff." And then they said to Facebook, "Now we want you to pay." And Facebook said, "Well, we gave you a page for free. You didn't have to do it. It's your choice." But I just that they can turn around and demand money from them doesn't make sense.
2: Right. So John's asking whether you think the treasurer. He's going to get a good job at Facebook when he retires. Yeah, (laughs) he (laughs) will.
1: Who knows? Um, Luckily, of course, um, uh, this is going to be good for Rupert Murdoch. Uh, I got an article here from the ABC and there was a Professor Tamat Lever, Professor of Internet Studies at Curtin University. I think he's the guy I'm quoting here. Um, No, a Dr Meese. Dr Meese was um, James Meese, a media law and policy researcher at RMIT University. Uh, He said, Rupert Murdoch is the biggest winner here. He's already paid most of his sites. Now he gets money for linking to things that people can't read without a subscription. Without his political clout, we wouldn't have a bargaining code. So... I proposed last week that Murdoch was to blame, and you said it's all Murdoch, 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 and at least one other person agrees with me. So no doubt yeah, one, there are others who disagree. I have to
0: say I'm not surprised that you found somebody who supports your position, Trevor. Yeah,
1: so you know the you
0: know the evil genius Rupert Murdoch yeah. strikes again.
1: Because he's uh, your argument is that he's not that influential. Editors are independent people who, and journalists are independent, and they. And they're not as influenced as I might Look, like to think they are. I know
0: he's influential. I know yeah. he has he has clout, and he he does have influence. I mm. I fully accept that, but I just don't think he's the ultimate manipulator of our world that you seem mm. to make out. Yeah, that he is.
3: And I think Paul's right about that.
1: Oh, you agree with Paul?
3: I agree with Paul. I think oh, there we go. I think you do. I think you do put a bit too much emphasis on it. He he is a powerful man, but he mm. is only one man.
1: Right. But he's one man who controls every newspaper in Queensland.
3: Yes, and yet he so, didn't—he so. didn't produce the result all, that he wanted. I think in Queensland. There you go. So I—I yeah. I, mm. you've got to respect and appreciate mm. Paul's premise that mm. humans do have the capacity to look at a newspaper article, read it, and then determine.
1: You, what, they're,
3: what they're going to think about
1: that. But Paul says people are so stupid, they don't know when they're being screwed over <laughs> Look, by the government. In he, fact, he, he's inconsistent. Of them, I won't. I, I don't He also said 87% <laughs> of them
3: are so stupid. They don't know
1: they're getting no, screwed said, over by the government. I know. He said, he said that you're verbalizing me now. <laughs> you're <following> me. <laughs> you
3: can't have it it's both ways. It's just my view. It's just a little bit of feedback. Yeah. I just think and it, it, it would. And um, you can be
1: the most powerful man in the world and not get everything your way, just most things.
3: He's not
0: the most powerful man in the world, Trevor. Let's be real. No, no, he's
2: the most powerful man in the English-speaking
0: world. Well, that's a stretch as well.
1: Well, when you determine who the presidents are it of the United determine States... determine.
0: People get to for, vote.
1: For, for, for people who are easily influenced. Some of them vote. are. Absolutely. 87% of them sometimes.
0: Well, that's your <laughs> figure, not mine. No,
1: but you can't have it both ways to say people are so smart that they work things out. Yet only 25 minutes ago you were saying... There's no no grey with this, guy." So so (laughs) people
0: are so stupid. (laughs) Some people are absolutely stupid and easily manipulated, others not so much. And Mm. there's a range of degrees of, Mm. you know, the degree to which people are influenced Mm. by what they read in The Australian or The Courier-Mail or Mm -hmm. whatever, you know. Mm. People still make their own choice. And, you know, Shay's point was a, a very good one, that... I'm sure (laughs) Rupert Murdoch would have preferred to have kept Campbell Newman uh, as the Premier, wouldn't he? Wouldn't you think? Uh, Yeah, he would have. And yet he only lasted one term.
2: I don't know how involved Murdoch is in state politics, but certainly federally.
1: Mm. He he definitely would prefer the Liberals in the state, for
0: sure. Absolutely. I I think that's a safe assumption. Yeah, yeah. Mm.
1: So he didn't, I'll, I'll agree with you, he didn't get what he wanted, but. I, I don't yeah. know
0: that he medals yeah. at a state level
1: yeah yeah you actually do you actually get the Courier mail no the Australian no we see oh do I, you i
3: I um I'm a conscientious objector but yeah. um the place that I work I do occasionally look at it right. I'm not necessarily uh just a conscientious objector because it's so heavily biased but mm. also because it seems like um just no it's lazy it's, it's so lazy expensive. journalism and um, like they'll say it's an analysis, mm. but they don't provide any data that they've an- an- mm. analyzed yeah so I don't I don't read it quite yeah.
0: expensive it's mm. I think it's close to forty dollars a month to mm. subscribe isn't it mm. you'd know this yeah now i I have a subscription for the Sydney Morning Herald um, mm. it's less than twenty dollars a month. I mm. think that's a reasonable subscription mm-hmm. price but mm-hmm. I actually c- contemplated subscribing to the Australian because mm. I kept seeing. You know, links to stories that I I was curious about. Mm. And, you know, they they give you a free article like once a month or something like that. Mm. And so I thought, oh, yeah, maybe I should subscribe. But when I checked it out, it was like $40 a month. And I thought, nah, too much. Mm. If they weren't so greedy, they would have had me.
1: Mm. Which kind of proves the point that Google and Facebook were making that uh, they're sort of creating advertising for.
0: These groups. So, I, I think you have a point on that. Trevor, yeah. To be honest,
3: they I had know. a real opportunity mm. yeah. to All fight right. back.
1: So, so Shay, I've got to, over the next period of time, convince you of the evils of of no, of Rupert, no, no, Murdoch, no. To, I am you... quite
3: clear about the evils of Murdoch, but right. I think Paul's right about right. the amount of emphasis you put on right. this, and right. I think right. sometimes it's actually colouring your conversation with Paul, right, and limiting it, right. Yeah. Okay. That's just some listener feedback. <laughs> Who's the real <man> who
1: <laughs> Exactly. That's
3: all. I Yeah, I, I watched. Um, did you watch uh, Kevin Rudd's submission yes. to the senators? Yes. Yeah, and don't you think it was excellent? Y- yes. Yes. And, and wasn't it interesting watching some of the liberal senators and some of the questions they asked?
1: I didn't go into that much detail, ah. it, but I did see the Murdoch Empire response. Did you see that?
3: Yes. And I saw you've got notes on it for Paul's <laughs> So basically, enjoyment.
1: the Canadian Mail, South Australian Advertiser, Gold Coast Bulletin, Daily Telegraph, Herald Sun, Mercury, Northern Territory News, Townsville Bulletin, they all rolled the points, same story. Points for
0: consistency. They, they, they all,
1: all of these independent editors all just happened to roll out the same story about Kevin Rudd and bagging him. So...
3: And what does yeah. that tell you? Uh,
1: that they tow the line.
3: That maybe Kevin Rudd's getting somewhere. Uh, don't you think?
1: Uh, oh, it says he's running a line that Murdoch doesn't like and it says that Murdoch has responded by telling all of his all of his newspapers a fight back. That's exactly what's happened.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Kevin and, Rudd said at the and, end, his and, closing remarks were, yep. you can bring the... Um, And I'm paraphrasing Mm. here, Mm. not a direct quote, Mm. but you can bring um, Rupert's henchmen and his executives in, but I put a challenge to you, senators, that you get Rupert Murdoch here himself.
1: Right. Right. And I
3: thought that was an excellent way to Mm. conclude. Mm. Yes. And I'm not sure that they could, but it'd be great if they did. Mm.
1: Did he
2: front up to the UK inquiry?
1: He had to eventually. Right. Yeah. Hmm. Because I, I
2: can't remember what I was watching the other night, but I saw something about that mm. with a whole phone hacking scandal. Yeah, and... he
1: eventually <laughs> had to. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I think he claimed he wasn't feeling well and it couldn't really didn't know what was going on. Sort of the couldn't, um, couldn't the the Alan Bond. Oh, the no, Alan, I mean, that was the other one. It was the Alan Bond defense sort right. of thing. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, uh, so that was that. And um,
0: uh, what was Rudd actually claiming, by the way? Because I didn't follow it. The story
1: Basically claiming that the Murdoch empire has too much influence oh, I see. and yeah. something has to be done about
0: it, I think.
3: Yeah. 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 I think the dream is yeah. you know, measured reporting in Australia. Mm-hmm.
0: Mm-hmm. And I think uh, Turnbull agreed with Rudd, didn't he, on this issue? Is that right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um,
1: in the chat room, Alex says, Murdoch is not a person that keeps businesses that lose money, but he is bankrolling his news outlets with the money from realestate.com. To some extent, he will bankroll losing businesses provided they give him political power, I reckon, Alex. He will, he will keep money losing. Like the Australian newspaper I don't think has made much money ever in its existence, but it's been extremely useful for him. So I think he has things like that because they achieve other things for him. So um, article from The Conversation, why did Google – pay up early and Facebook put up a fight and this person puts forward the view that Google faces competition whereas Facebook doesn't. Like In theory, we could go to a different search engine but there is no other platform like Facebook that we could go to and find all of our friends there. There are platforms without any of our friends and therefore useless to us. So it was a case where... Have you ever tried any other search engines other than google jo? yeah and uh, and your experience was it
2: DuckDuckGo is anonymizing so is quite good to avoid the bias trap right because google actually indexes your searches mm-hmm. and changes the information that you see in a search result yep bias towards you so you end up in a is, co- that, co- is co- that why co- i get all
1: these anti-murdoch things Probably. coming up in front of me <laughs>
2: Uh, and Bing is Microsoft's <laughs> one, which of course is almost foisted upon you every time you install a Windows browser. Yes. Um, which is gaining ground in the browser in well, the search engine wars, but
1: yeah. I it's, don't know. It's still it's essentially, on. we had some choice. If If Google yeah. had closed down, we could have... You know, what's the phone number like of local Chinese takeaway? Like you yeah. could have got it.
0: Yeah. No. There are others. Yeah. Whereas, as you say, Facebook tends to dominate that segment mm. of the online market, doesn't mm. it? Is it because it was. My, the my first daughter says it's, it's
2: populated one? with Karens. Right.
0: Well, I've heard young people in my what? line of work, when, when I've asked them, do you use Facebook? Uh, more than a few of them have said, uh, no, I prefer other platforms. Yes. You know, like mm-hmm. Instagram, yeah. I think, is a popular one with young people. Um, Owned by Facebook. Mm. Do you use Facebook much? Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, it's my... Mm -hmm.
0: Your go-to. My mm. go-to. Social media platform. Yeah, Yeah, but young people
2: aren't on it because their parents are on it. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's
2: a factor,
0: isn't it? 17
3: million Australians. That's Mm. a lot, isn't it? Mm. Mm. Quite
1: a lot. There we go. Okay, so...
0: But don't you think if, you know, there was a, a backlash against Facebook, not just in Australia but globally for whatever reason, another platform would take its place, surely.
1: I think it is going to split up into different platforms. Mm. I think um, based on on political affiliation, there will be right-wing nutter Facebook and there will be left-wing environmentalist nutter. Facebook and there will be, <laughs> yes, nutter Facebook. And
0: um, Do you know what I did notice? Mm. I don't know if any of you noticed this, but... After uh, the you know the kerfuffle with Facebook refusing to post news from Australian sites, mm. ABC and several others have dropped the direct link to posting stuff on Facebook. Did you notice that? No. Ah, to make it. You know when you're looking at a, a news mm. story on mm. the ABC website and they've got they've got Facebook and Twitter, they've got little logos for Facebook and Twitter. Mm-hmm. The Facebook one is gone. Mm. Have a look. It's Mm. gone. Mm. So they are clearly engaging in payback. Right. Fair enough. And not only the ABC, I've noticed it on some others, I think including maybe Spectator. The the
2: problem is at the moment there is no uh, open protocol to exchange your posts and information between silos. So you yes. have all these different silos, none of which can interwork. Yes. Uh, and this was the problem originally with email until some open standards came along. It's been the problem with video conferencing. Mm. Um, all of these things require uh, a standard that allows you effectively to be able to pick up and move between platforms.
1: That's why this chat room is really clever. Yeah. Because we've got YouTube comments and Facebook comments. And a, Yeah, that we're able to um, grab and put up. It's sort yeah. of... It's quite clever. It's it's good little chat room software. This one, it's worth the twenty bucks a month or whatever it is. So, little plug for Restream. Mm. Um, uh, where was it? La- little bit of homework last week. We mentioned Texas and the winter storms, and uh, you mentioned how the windmills failed, so they're not all that it's cracked up to be. This mm. this power source, and did a bit of homework and. Um, Texas did not black out because wind power failed, as claimed by some, although wind turbines did freeze. But because all power sources, except solar, which actually increased its output, failed when demand soared on February 15th. The main culprit was gas, but coal and even nuclear let the side down, as the graph below shows. So... Uh, there wasn't anything particularly special about wind that made it any worse than the other traditional power sources. So
0: It's the green yeah. bit, right?
1: So, yes.
0: Well, it looks like a much more significant drop-off than either coal or nuclear.
1: As a proportion of... Yeah, look what- at
0: green. The green part went totally skinny. And the nuclear and the coal part just dipped a little bit.
1: Can you see that grey of the gas there? And you see that big drop there? And Mm -hmm. then now there's less gas? So Mm -hmm. you don't see that? Yeah, I see that. Okay. But the
0: green bit's the the wind, isn't it? Uh,
1: Let's see. An official with Electric Reliability Council of Texas said Tuesday afternoon that 16 gigawatts of renewable energy, mostly wind generation, were offline. Nearly double that. 30 gigawatts had been lost from thermal sources, which includes gas, coal and nuclear energy.
0: Without a breakdown of those three.
1: Gas, coal and nuclear.
0: Yeah, but they're not breaking down the proportion of those three and their contribution. Most so, of it the gas. Lack of contribution, yeah.
1: You can see it here. A little bit of a drop in nuclear, a little drop in coal, a big drop in gas. Yeah. So what happened was... They've got lots of gas in Texas, but they had problems because the pipes couldn't carry the gas to the power stations. So it wasn't just a case of windmills were particularly poor performance.
0: You might not recall, but I did not say it was only wind. I said, Uh, yes, admittedly, natural gas, coal, nuclear, they mm, all had a drop off. You said something to
1: the effect of which just goes to show that this. This uh, renewable energy is not all it's cracked up to be. Well, it isn't.
0: Well, it was never cracked up Windmills to be... Wheels don't turn when there's
1: no but, wind. But it was never Should cracked it? up to be a a, a particularly mm-hmm. brilliant performer in winter without winterizing it. All of these, by the way, could have performed perfectly well if people had spent money. And the term they use is winterizing, which mm-hmm. obviously involves... Um, having heating elements in some cases. My understanding
2: is Mm. the generators in Texas are Mm. built outdoors, Mm. so they have a roof over them but no walls Mm. to allow them to cool naturally, which allows Mm. them to run in higher temperatures in summer. Mm.
1: So they just hadn't spent the money to do what they do in the traditionally colder states to make these facilities, including wind, operate during cold weather. That's essentially what happened.
0: Mm. You can spend all the money you like... Mm. Solar panels don't work mm. when it's nighttime. It doesn't matter how much you spend on them. They yeah. don't work without sunlight. Really? Windmills yeah. don't really? work without wind. Really? Surprise, surprise. Really? Whereas nuclear really? works 24 7, 365 days, 366 in a leap year, mm. regardless.
1: Right. There you go. Mm.
0: That's, I mean, there are some mm. very clear disadvantages. Mm. With wind and solar yeah, And, then, and I have yeah. some
3: I actually have some Listener feedback for you Paul yeah. You've, I think that What will make a difference here Is you qualify your remarks Don't Because Trevor comes back every week And he brings his research And then I'm, Like if you are going to make These remarks like you did last week About there was a report That you couldn't actually cite yeah, That you'd read look, if you are going to come and bring your remarks, I think that it would, be, it would improve the podcast if you brought some okay. articles to, so, cite, to cite them. Look, I From, would be the
0: first to admit I am not big on homework or research. much good at that.
3: He's he's excellent. And I'm not saying... (laughs) He keeps
0: inviting me back week after week, regardless, regardless. I guess. So where
3: where is the incentive for me to do some homework? There's none
0: because he keeps inviting me back.
3: I just think it would add value. Yeah, I agree.
0: I've always been conscious of that, don't worry. I'm not, you know, totally oblivious to that. And, And I agree. However... I don't need to bring any statistics whatsoever <laughs> to support my statement that solar panels don't work when there's no sun, wind turbines don't work when there's no wind. I don't need any but, statistics. But nobody
1: has suggested they do. Yeah,
0: but you know, and nobody says it's important. They are flawed. They are weak technologies, precisely for those reasons. And they'll never ever work twenty-four-seven. Three hundred sixty. But they don't days. need to. But, but they don't need. Never it. ever.
1: But they don't need to. Yes, they do. Not well, if you have, have storage.
0: Things, we have things like pumped hydro. Well, pumped hydro has its flaws so, so too.
1: If you've got storage, you don't need it.
0: Or, or you crack um, water. So at that point, you say, you "Oh, but the storage hydrogen.
1: is too expensive." But it you, is expensive, but, and but it doesn't last but, forever. But, but, but no, the argument the you've made the argument you've made is irrelevant if you have storage. No, it isn't. Nuclear
0: power plants, when they're built properly with good, safe technology, it's good for 50, 60 years, maybe even longer. Solar panels, their working lives are around 20 years, 20 to 25 years, depending on how far they've degraded. The batteries are the same. 20 years, you've got to replace them.
1: Have you ever heard of solar powered torches?
0: Yes. I've heard of solar powered radios and all kinds of solar powered
1: things. It's, it just doesn't make sense to have a solar-powered torch. I Why mean, not? well, if it how, has, can, how can you use it in the dark if the sun's not shining?
0: You, well, you can only use it from the stored power, right? Oh. Oh, come on, Trevor. Don't <laughs> you, this bullshit. Well, well, you were the one giving me... <laughs> you, I, did you Now, I, what, now did I get you it. Now I get it. Did not hear what I just said? The batteries <laughs> only have a useful life of around 20 years and they're very expensive and then you throw them away or you, you see, recycle just, them. I don't see, know if they're See, what I've done
1: now is I've moved it from their a flawed technology to now it depends on the battery. So that's my point.
0: I'm talking about powering civilization, yeah, not yeah. you in your backyard trying <laughs> to light the barbecue. I'm
1: talking about a big battery and I'm talking about big storage.
0: Not just batteries. Trivial, but- trivial example. Really trivial. We need power and lots of it to power humanity to uplift all those mm-hmm. people in poverty. Mm-hmm. The the, the mm-hmm. single most significant factor in lifting mm-hmm. people out of poverty mm-hmm. is cheap, available power.
2: And that's have why you, they're you, going to solar for have a have lot you, of them.
0: Have you seen those electric cars?
1: Just, yeah.
3: Yeah. Just I feel like you're in a horse and carriage beside yeah, just, them, don't you?
1: Stored power, and they just amazing, beautiful machines. It's possible to store power. No kidding.
3: Yeah, I I, I didn't know that. But what's a battery? Aaron wants you to know it as well. Did you know you can store energy? But
1: but based on your, (laughs) but based on your earlier statement where you said, "Guess what? This the sun doesn't shine when it's dark." That ignores the point that you can store power.
0: Yes, storing is not always the best solution. You know, heavy industry mm, mm. requires large amounts of cheap, available power 24-7, 365 days a year. And that's
2: why they're looking at hydrogen. Mm. So you use Mm. solar to crack water.
1: That'll be really good. Yeah. yeah.
0: Well, it might be, but it's Mm. still a technology in development. Mm -hmm. Whereas Mm -hmm. nuclear power is a a mature technology. Mm -hmm. It's it's an aging technology. No, no, it isn't. Nobody's no, no, done any serious research into nuclear. The nuclear engineers have not been sitting on their hands for the past 50, 60, 70 years. Mm. they have been con- They have been continually developing the technology and it's getting better and safer all the time. But you ignore the price of mm. nuclear. It's No, look, you need reliable power. You might say <laughs> solar panels are getting cheaper and cheaper. Yes, they are. Mm. However... They don't work when the sun isn't shining. See, nuclear see, that's, that's, power works all the time. See, that's why. But you see, that oh, statement no, mean, is meaningless if there's storage. Nuclear power still it's needs not, maintenance. No, the batteries are also very expensive, Trevor.
1: Uh, so now we can. So now we can talk about the cost of storage. Oh, look,
0: you're flipping from you know, post to post. Really, nuclear power. It's a mature, advanced, amazing technology. Expensive. They're all expensive, but yeah, what no, price do you put on it's, civilization? It's particularly expensive when there are other options. It's the best option. It's the best well, it's option. The best we option have. if you want to build nuclear weapons. Mm. No, it isn't. Mm. That's not true, Joe. That's, that's really why. No, that, that is reactors. really a furphy. That is just not true. Most nuclear power stations do not produce nuclear fuel. They just don't. You have to have a special kind of uh, uh, process to produce. Uh, material for nuclear weapons. It isn't produced from your average nuclear power plant. It's just not true.
1: If I can just move on back to Texas, if we thought our politicians were bad, there's a, uh, there was a Texas... Um, the former mayor of Colorado City is catching some heat after a social media post berating citizens affected by the cold. So this is... Uh, <laughs> Texans were complaining because they're sitting in the cold for a couple of days... And the, for- and the mayor, our former mayor of Colorado City, this is what he says. I'll quote him. This is Tim Boyd. Let me hurt some feelings while I have a minute. No one owes you or your family anything, nor is it the local government's responsibility to support you during trying times like this. Sink or swim, it's your choice. The city and county, along with power providers or any other service, owes you nothing. I'm sick and tired of people looking for a damn handout. If you don't have electricity, you step up and come up with a game plan to keep your family warm and safe. If you have no water, you deal without and think outside the box to survive and supply water to your family. If you're sitting at home in the cold because you have no power and are sitting there waiting for someone to come rescue you because you're lazy is, dis- is direct result of your raising, only the strong will survive and the weak will pa- perish. Folks, God has given us the tools to support ourselves in times like this. This is sadly a product of a socialist government where they feed people to believe that the few will work and others will become dependent for handouts. Am I sorry that you have been dealing without electricity and water? Yes, but I'll be damned if I'm going to provide for anyone that is capable of doing it themselves. We have lost sight of those in need and those that take advantage of the system and mesh them into one group. Bottom line, quit crying and look and looking for a handout Get off your ass and take care of your own family.
2: (laughs) Isn't that amazing? So so he's saying everyone should have their own generator
1: in their house? He's just saying that um, you've got to think outside the box. When the power went out here last night... Mm. It was pretty hard to jury-rig a generator system if I didn't have one. Well, exactly. <laughs> we just got a camp yeah, light powered by trouble. gas. Who and... the hell
0: is Tim Boyd? Never heard of him. He's, he's a nobody. He's a, he's he was gonna... the mayor of Colorado City in wow. Texas. wow. A real mover and shaker. But the point is, this is what politics have reached when mm. a politician... That, that is one politician... That is not politicians in general. I'm sure there's probably others in the United States because that's a typically American sort of line of thinking, isn't it? You
1: don't find that extraordinary. Yeah,
0: it's extraordinary, but he's some, you know, city mayor. So what?
1: I just think it's extraordinary that we've reached the point where we I don't think a, you can extrapolate
0: from that to politics more generally. Do you think you can? I just... I. I couldn't have imagined that
1: politicians would say such a thing prior to Trump. <laughs> really? Post-Trump, I can believe it. But,
0: no. I, but that's it, That's it, been a sentiment in American culture for a long, long time. Well,
1: okay. It is. Just it's part it's of the this course
0: idea. not unlike
3: some of the right. rhetoric we've been seeing in the past year about right. whom should have job keeper and who should be picking fruit in the farms and... Yes. Oh, uh, yeah.
1: Pull yourself up by your bootstraps but, um, and stop looking for particular. a government handout. <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, well, crazy me. I thought it was quite extraordinary. No, anyway. it is
3: taking it to seemingly mm. next level, but it's yeah. not that surprising.
1: And we also mentioned Peter Credlin, and I was amazed that Peter Credlin agreed with
3: Malcolm, Malcolm Turnbull.
1: Turnbull. Yeah. And I said, I thought she was a very biased commentator, and you said she found her quite rational. I just want to remind when I people... I hear her speak, she sounds like a, yeah. an
0: intelligent, rational person. So just
1: getting back to Rudd's petition where he got half a million signatures. So that was run through the um, Federal Parliament's um, petition-like service. So it was a sort of the Federal Parliament's thing. And um, Peter Credlin basically said that accused Rudd of gathering email addresses to bombard them with hard-left propaganda and urge them to boycott the Murdoch media. So she was saying, you've run that petition in the Parliament House website in order to gather the emails so that you can hit them with your propaganda. Mm. And when he said to her, can you take that back, she said no. And so he then had to um, take legal action and force her to apologise um, Which she did. So, so so when I was saying that I think uh, Peter Credlin is quite uh, biased and sometimes irrational, uh, I provide that as exhibit A for that
0: argument. Everybody's so, biased, yeah, yeah. Everybody. Yeah. Um, uh, so and, just saying and, Peter Credlin's biased, uh,
3: what does that mean? Well,
1: you know? I put her at the extreme end. Really? yeah. Call me crazy, but
3: she actually um, started that those remarks with "I know how these things work," right? And then went on to say that it was a data collecting exercise, mm. right? So that is a bizarre thing for a chief of staff of a former prime minister mm. to say, because Very it's it's frankly not how it works. No, yes. <laughs> so um, bias aside, that's like straight up BS. Isn't it? Yeah. And that's – isn't that a concern? It's,
1: it's what you'd expect from a Sky News commentator. <laughs> <laughs>
3: um,
1: we also mentioned alcohol – how are we going for time? Oh, we're closing off soon.
0: It's five to nine. Yeah.
1: Um, just – we also mentioned alcohol regulations and whether – because we're talking about freedom to advertise alcohol. And listener Paul mentioned that in Sweden – they have a system called the System Bologet. Bologet? System Bologet? No,
2: I think the J is y- yeah.
1: Bologet? Oh. I don't know. It's a G. G. System Bologet?
2: I- I'll have to ask my Scandinavian
1: friends. Please do. <laughs> anyway, um, basically anything stronger in alcohol than a weak beer can only be sold through the government-owned store. And this dates from the early 19th century where mining towns were having huge problems with drunken workers being unable to work. Or worse, turning up for work still drunk. So instead of trying prohibition, they controlled the sale through government-owned company. And uh, it means that the government has a responsibility to the people of Sweden for how much alcohol people drink. And that probably makes sense, given they have to deal with the long and short-term effects of drinking. So they have to solve the problems of the alcohol that they actually sell. So... Anyway, that came from Paul, so that was interesting. That's what happens over there. And also, just briefly, from Is Dan a Dictator? And this came from Bromman. Twelfth, I'm writing to correct the factual errors which were apparent in your discussion of the states of emergency in Victoria. Victorian public health legislation allows for a state of emergency to be called, but only for a period of four weeks. The state of emergency can be extended for a further four weeks, but the total period is capped at six months. If the government wants to go beyond that, it has to seek a legislative amendment via state parliament. And she says it was initially declared in March, subsequently reviewed. When the six month timeline of September was approaching, Melbourne was still in stage four, so they knew they had to get an extension. State government sought parliamentary approval of the extension. It was granted after some concessions were made by negotiation with the upper house crossbenches. And so the government basically didn't get their bill through unamended dictator dan was forced to amend his bill and they're now seeking an additional extension and it's being debated in the upper house and i think it got through but again they had to negotiate with the crossbenchers and um, the point is that victoria is the only state whose emergency powers legislation requires successive States of emergency to be time-limited, thus requiring parliamentary scrutiny. This is not the case in any other state nor in the Commonwealth. So in terms of um, dictator Dan being able to act as a dictator, he actually has to go to parliament and negotiate with the crossbenchers where other states... State and, parliament leaders don't have to, so then, he's less of a yeah, dictator. And the
0: mugs in the Victorian Parliament all say, "Yeah, go ahead, dictator Dan, be a dictator," and he did. I <laughs> mean, probably, did, did you did you hear the <laughs> Did you hear the just, justifications from some of the crossbenchers? There was some someone from the animal rights party of all things who said it would be immoral not to give him that power. Mm. Bloody idiots! I mean, Animal Justice Party, and they think that humans should be treated like you know.
1: So all these stupid, children. all these stupid people who don't see it the way you see it, Paul, uh, includes um, our High Court. So remember, Clive Palmer was challenging the West Australian border ban.
0: Yeah, I'm aware of
1: that. Yeah, and uh, he lost, and um, basically, the Federal Court's Justice Daryl Rangia. Um, set Palmer a difficult task by finding the border ban was effective at preventing the spread of coronavirus and that a precautionary approach should be taken. So then Palmer argued in the High Court that Western Australia should nevertheless have allowed arrivals from states with a low risk of bringing COVID-19 into the state. And in the High Court, in their joint reasons, Chief Justice Susan Keifel and Justice Patrick Dean said this argument assumes that there is a level of risk which may be regarded as acceptable and misapprehends Rangia's findings. His honour did not suggest that a low risk of an infected person entering Western Australia was acceptable from a public health perspective. His honour considered that once a person infected with COVID-19 enters the community, there is a real risk of community transmission and that it may become uncontrollable. Because of the uncertainties about the level of risk and the severe and even catastrophic outcomes which might result from community transmission, a precautionary approach should be adopted. Catastrophic
0: is the key word there. So Everybody assumes the virus is catastrophic. So while severe... severe, The evidence that it is
2: is not good. It's the leading cause of death in the United States for 2020.
1: So here's the point, Paul, is just that uh, Clive Palmer presumably presented as much evidence as he could to show there should be free movement of people within Australia. Yeah, but what I
0: read from this is the justices have decided to go along with all the catastrophists in the state governments and say, help, we've got to stop this thing, you know. Indeed.
1: in, indeed, that is exactly what's happened. Yeah. So, so they're not so,
0: acting so, purely on law, they're acting on their own assumptions of well, the risk. No, well, they've
1: had to look at the evidence put to them and... And then make, make their and, own assumptions. I don't know, call me crazy, but our High Court judges, would do you think they're biased in any
0: reason? Everybody's biased. Right.
1: Do you just think they got this one wrong? I think they did. There we go. So...
3: Because they were fearful of the consequences. Exactly, or? yes. They're, and what would have been every, cons-
0: because everybody's so filled with fear. Now they weren't so filled with fear for all the other pandemics that came our way. Nothing mm. like this happened. Mm. Suddenly, China, you know, engages in this dictatorial strategy mm. of locking everybody in their homes. And for some reason, everybody else thinks we should copy China. Jesus Christ. Well, how else are we going to get the great reset? <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> indeed exactly. well, the great reset is on its way too don't you worry right even angela, angela merkel uh, a friend told me today angela merkel has um publicly linked covid with future possible restrictions on freedom of movement now this is a real cause for concern So you don't see it that way. Sorry, I'm um, a person who loves liberty. Uh, I, don't, I don't want yeah. to be told as, what to do all I'm, the time.
1: I'm just an old... I'm home, an old-fashioned... When I
0: can work, when I can't work. As, as I said to
1: you before, I'm an old-fashioned enlightenment. Old-fashioned socialist. I'm just an old-fashioned enlightenment I don't think philosopher. So. I, I so, just look out... I, I don't subscribe <laughs> to the new libertarian version. I,
2: I look out to Morton Bay and go, there's an island out there that we used to quarantine people on. Huh? It's not like this is a new concept. Mm-hmm. And I think maybe we're going to have to go back to mm. building quarantine stations. Mm.
0: So you want to go back to the mm. past, Joe. You don't oh. want to go I, I forward no. with I think new understanding I think of it's inevitable nature and technology.
2: With the number of new diseases that we are coming across, mm. that there will be a pandemic that's considerably worse than this one.
0: Mm. It's possible. But COVID, isn't it? Mm. Mm. I'm sorry, COVID is not the terrible... Kill! Kill everybody! Kill civilization! Virus that people are making it out it is
1: just a lot of people disagree with you. I well, know there are mm, a lot of stupid people. Lot... A lot of stupid people who well, just Well, they're not don't all stupid. They're not all stupid. Stupid. Scared people. scared people. People who are scared. That's what I think. And they're so they just don't assess things. So they're too stupid and they've assessed an unnecessary danger. That I think doesn't exist. the
0: risk has been mm. overstated, mm. Trevor. Mm. And people naturally who are, on mm. the whole, Australians seem to be, on the whole, fairly mm. trusting people, mm. if their medical authorities tell them, you know, this is going to kill you, they're inclined to believe them. Mm. And that's what, exactly what they've been told. Mm. All
1: right. We're coming up to an hour and a half. <laughs> is an hour and a half a good time for a podcast? Is it too long, to short? Mrs.
3: Fister's right. <laughs> it's too long. Ah. It's too long. Ah,
1: well, all right. Listen, um, so I think...
3: Bear. I know. I think the live version could probably go this long, but I think maybe a bit of editing for Spotify. Mm, and that that's type too. Yeah. It's that too, too hard. Yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: Speaking of editing, uh, you're going to have to listen to the recorded podcast version because you will hear from Landon Hardbottom, who offered ah. Scott a job. So, if you want to hear how that panned out, <laughs> then listen to the. Um, it wasn't. Listen to the audio version. It wasn't
2: carrier bags again, was it? Yeah.
1: Uh, Full of cash. It, it just, it's, you're going to have to listen to the audio version. You, you've, so sorry in the live stream. You're going to have to download the audio version. Fast forward right to the end. The last couple of minutes, you'll catch Landon Hardbottom. So, well, it's been an interesting night. It's good to have you on the show. Always. Going to come back next week? Yeah. Great. If you'll have me. Yes, for, for sure. sure.
3: Yeah.
1: Uh, good night from me.
3: <laughs> good night. Thanks for having me, everybody.
4: Bye, everyone. And
1: it's a
2: good night from him.
4: Glove. Come on in, close the door behind you. Cheryl and I have asked you today to interview for the senior tax avoidance, I mean tax assistant position. But more than that, here at Hard Bottom Industries, we believe that you are the answer to some social change problems that we're going to face. Eventually, quotas are going to be jammed down our necks And we're not happy about it.
0: I can sympathise with both of you on this because...
4: Look, we don't care about your sympathy. If we want to find sympathy, we'll look in the dictionary between syphilis and sod off. But I'll be buggered if some pasty-faced bureaucrat in Canberra is going to force me to hire skirts. that's where you come in. As a gay man, you're a minority. And that helps us with our quotas. But let's be honest, you're old news, your last week's lunch, you're an old hat. Gay people are a dime a dozen. So we're going to have to value add to you. We're going to have to increase that minority quota. And here's how we're going to do it. Now, stand up and give us a spin. Yes, that's it, stand up and twirl. What do you think, Cheryl? Is he a blouse, slacks, and sensible shoes type of guy? Or is he a summer dress and high
0: heels?
4: (laughs) Yes, I agree. He hasn't got the legs to carry off those heels. Okay, glove, blouse, slacks, and sensible shoes is going to be the uniform that you will wear at Hard Bottom Industries. Mm, Transvestite minority quota, check. Another hurdle for you, Glove. How do you feel about that hair on your face? What do you think, Cheryl? Beard on or beard off? Okay, yes, I agree. It'll play well against the whole transvestite image. Okay, Glove. Final hurdle. How do you feel about wearing blackface? No, 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 no. Sit down. You don't need to leave. It's just a negotiation. Glove, glove. No, no, don't go. Look, if you don't like blackface, how about a Maori facial tattoo?
1: Well, dear listener, did you enjoy that episode of the podcast? If you did, I've got a favour to ask. Uh, first up, tell some friends. Let them know about the podcast. You'll be discussing you could become a patron and support the show. So if you go to our website, you'll see a link to Patreon and there are some different options for subscribing and paying per episode. And really, the amount that you pay depends on what you get from the podcast. So there's different levels ranging from $1.50 Australian to, I think, $10 and various ones in between. It's really...